0: to another edition of the Future Sox Roundup. My name is Mike Rankin. I'll be your host. Alongside us is Elijah Evans. He's our friend from Just Baseball, but also at futuresox.com and Sox Machine. Thanks so much for enjoying week one of the Future Sox Roundup. Got a lot of positive feedback, so guess what? We're doing it again. However, little shakeup. We're releasing these episodes now moving forward on the weekend because we want to entertain you on the weekend. Have something for you when you wake up. And it's in your inbox. It's in your playlist. Just like and subscribe, and it'll be there every week. You will know, also subscribe to the Future Sox podcast, which we have every Tuesday. We drop it weekly with James Fox. And a little tease for you, we're talking to Ben Badler. Not this week, but the following week. So we got Ben Badler of Baseball America coming on to share with us about a bunch of stuff. You'll see cuisine. Uh, we'll learn more about him. So stay tuned. Thanks for being such a great supporter of SoxMachine.com. And uh, all those patrons, this is why we do it. We do it for you. And we do it because we love it. Elijah's with us today. He has a ton that he wants to get to. We have highlights for you. We're going to cover low A, high A, and double A today on the podcast. Before we get started, I'd like to run down the standings, just update you on how the White Sox affiliates are doing across the league. And AAA Charlotte, 18 and 18. Now, we know the situation in Charlotte is unique versus the rest of the white Sox minor league affiliates because rick Hahn is just trying to put some able bodies together uh to supplant those who are either hurt or not performing or quite frankly gone dfa that we've seen so far this season as the white Sox are struggling to this point charlotte is uh what is it a taxi squad kind of of capable players so anyway they're 18 and 18 we know there's issues there because a lot of the top prospects haven't made their money in Charlotte yet, or quite frankly, Birmingham. So, just to note, Charlotte's 18-18. But we get to A Birmingham. They're 11-18. Don't fret. Early in the season, first half, it is what it is. Winston-Salem, though, is 20-8. A lot of potential in Winston-Salem. And that's something that we didn't get to experience last year. Uh, no disrespect to those who filled out Winston-Salem, but 28-8 this season, and that combines with the 16-12 and Canapolis Cannonballer squad this season versus the last two Canapolis Cannonball uh, rosters. It's just way more impressive, a lot more capable players, and Elijah, we're going to get to some low-way talent because I know you have highlights that you want to discuss and some specific players that you want to get into. But first, let's get into Elijah's feature story of the week. And I think I know where this is going. It has something to do with a particular left-hander that is making his, I guess, rehab appearances more and more significant. Because, Elijah, he's throwing multiple innings per outing, and that is Garrett Crochet.
1: Yeah, Crochet is exciting. Um, it's it's good to have, you know, some people on the horizon for the White Sox. And as much as this season has been rough, Crochet is a guy that is going to immediately inject life into this bullpen. And beyond that, you know, it, it looks like there's a chance that he's going to be slowly working his way back to trying to become an MLB starter. And that's, you know, Crochet was drafted to be a guy that was a top level potential starter and you know he he's got an arm that's really heavy power and he said Tommy John and there's a lot of factors that are going to prevent him from being a starter now but we're starting to see you know there, there's a possibility for that and for now at least you know that swingman role that Michael Kopech had prior to becoming a starter it seems like crochet could fit in there really well with him being able to throw multiple innings now in Charlotte you know his fastballs back to where it used to be he's throwing in the high 90s which is amazing to see uh coming off of surgery for him and then you know the slider is as good as ever and he's a guy that you know he's gonna breathe some life into this team. Team and it's a bullpen that you know desperately needs some help, and between uh, between him and Hendricks coming back, that's a that's a huge boost to the bullpen.
0: You can follow Elijah, by the way, at Elijah ev 8 on Twitter. All right, Elijah, what do you know so far about Garrett Crochet? He may, in fact, work his way to becoming a starting pitcher. Now, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mike Shirley said it after the draft; they intended to develop Garrett Crochet as a starter. We know the timeline now, but I think. Beyond anything that we've experienced so far across his tenure, this may be the most... I guess, prominent moment for him to turn into a starter? What do you think? Uh, just elaborate on that thought yeah.
1: as you brought it up earlier. 100%. I mean, you look at the White Sox pitching staff right now, and you really only have two guys in, in Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech that you're expecting to remain in this rotation, and that's, you know, they both have things to work on as well right now. So you have a rotation that's going to have openings sooner than later uh, from Giolito, from Clevenger, from Lance, and on top of that, Crochet, you know, he's, he's really good, and he's talented, and he has a fastball slider combo that could work as a starter for him it's really just about continuing to work on that command you know being a starter versus reliever he needs to be able to hone in a little bit more uh, on his location and beyond that you know developing really comfortable third and fourth pitches um, that he works with here and there but you know he he really has consistently been a guy who works fastball slider um, and to be able to move into that starting role he's going to have to continue working on those third and fourth pitches Um, but he's a guy that you know he could when you look at the the future of this team, there's not a ton of pitching prospects that are come that are close to the major leagues. So, you know, if he spends this year in the bullpen and really keeps developing and becomes you you know that swingman type of reliever this year you could be looking at a guy that could try to make a leap into the rotation next year maybe it's one more year uh, maybe it's mid next season whatever it might be but he he has the ability to really become a true piece of this rotation in the coming years he just has to get back on the mound and take it one step at a time of course like he's doing right now in charlotte but there's a lot of potential there with a guy that throws the way he throws
0: so he's working his way in charlotte currently as we move forward now to this conversation i, I all about talking Garrett Crochet as a starter I want to see it happen Elijah that's one of the things that I've been rooting for since he was drafted so if it does come to fruition I'll celebrate it whether he has success in the role or not but somebody who is having success in his role and Tim Elko Tim Elko is an older prospect he was a four-year college bat 24 years old currently playing in low-A and he was the what, low-A player of the month, Elijah? This yep. is a pretty impressive talent. Yep.
1: He uh, was drafted last year, and he played a few games um, you know, at the lower levels, um, and he looked okay. He wasn't bad by any means, um, but he has taken low-A by storm this year. The player of the month, as you said, he's flashing power. He's flashing a pretty good ability to walk with 11 walks so far. Um, he's got a 944 OPS, which is crazy at that level. Um, and for a guy, you know, who's an older, an older bat, for sure, he's been around, he was drafted out of college, um, a 10th rounder, so not a ton of pedigree, right, but a guy who, you know, we're seeing a lot of the guys from last year's draft class, actually, that have looked fairly impressive um, at the the single A level. So, He's a guy that you know he he could move quickly. Um, I don't really think there's much more to see from him in Canapolis, uh, considering what he's doing right now. I think, given that he's an older college bat and he's advanced, he can move up the ranks quickly. Um, for him, it's really going to come down to limiting strikeouts. You know, refining that that swing rate a little bit. Um, I think he he's a little bit over. He's a little bit swing happy, uh, which is normal when you're when you're destroying the baseball uh, at that level. Uh, but if he can if he can bring down his strikeout rate a little bit um, and continue to to hit the ball really hard, he's a guy that we could see rise. Easily two levels by the end of the year if he keeps this up. Let's hear a little
0: bit of why. Tim Elko was named Loe Player of the Month, courtesy of the Canapolis Cannonballers and Dan Alodi. well count, Cameloni at second. Elko swings in on the 1-0. This one's lifted in the air, left center. Backtracking is Casanova looking up. Boarding track, Wallace out of here nothing sweeter than an elko bomb as that one launches into left center it's a two-run shot and just like that the cues are back into this one making a good return like an old barbecue sauce that you missed years ago it's back and it's better than ever elko the two-run blast now you mentioned a lot of important notes about tim elko currently elijah and the swing rate is a concern mainly because you know you look at the trend across his career as a professional hadn't walked a lot in his brief time last season and that's fine you want him to make an adjustment following his college season he played a lot of games in 2022 but in 2023 he's walking a little bit more but he's still striking out at an alarming rate although he's slugging 574 so that's the thing in 127 plate appearances to this point he struck out 40 times He's walked 11. It's a 313 batting average compared to a 370 OBP. Not terrible. However, the strikeout rate is still a concern for Tim Elko, and we're talking about a guy who's 24 in low A. However, this is a masher at 6'4", 240. So all of the context here, Elijah, is important to know. However, I'm with you. He's close to Winston-Salem, but that glaring swing chase rate and strikeout number is enough for me to say, let's take it slow with a guy like Tim Elko, who, yes, can absolutely propel through the system quickly. It's a matter of refining the swing rate, like you said.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. That's what it's going to come down to for Elko. It's going to come down to if he can control that swing rate enough and dial in on power That'll help him progress quickly i mean 36 hits across 28 games is crazy he's been really good he needs to bring down that swing rate i agree and if we if we see you know a two three week sample of him bringing that strikeout walk rate i mean right now it's like four to one um if he can bring that ratio down to even like two and a half three to one um that's a guy that you can see get promoted but it's got to come down a little bit before we can see him at the
2: next level sure there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great,
0: We have more highlights for you here on the Future Sox Roundup. Next up, Terrell Tatum, courtesy Andrew Murphy and the Winston-Salem Dash. is lined into center and down for a base hit. This ball will roll into the gap. It's taken by the right fielder, Gonzalez, on his way to second and in with the feet first slide. It's Terrell Tatum, a leadoff double for the center fielder. Here's the 1-0. There goes the runner. It's called for a strike. The throw to the third is high as it skips off the glove of Dixon. It goes all the way in the left field. Terrell Tatum will come home as the Heifens take a 3-0 lead. Elijah, Terrell Tatum is a left-left bat who is playing in the outfield for Advanced Day Winston-Salem. 23 years old. He'll turn 24 in July. What do you like about this player? It looks like when you're seeing him on video, he's got some pop, but also a lot of athleticism in his frame.
1: Yeah, Terrell Tatum is a really fun player. Um, the more I've watched him the last few weeks, the more he's quickly become one of my favorite minor league players, um, which is saying a lot because there's a lot of guys that are fun, uh, especially at the you know single and high a levels. But he's got a really fun blend of some pop, some bat-to-ball skills, and some incredible skills. Speed and athleticism 14 stolen bases right now um, through 25 games which is i mean obviously that stands out but beyond that you know you look at 14 stolen bases and then you look at the fact that he's leading the dash right now with a 977 ops um, an on-base percentage of 461 right now so he's walking he's had he has 23 walks to this point as opposed to 29 strikeouts uh, across his 25 games So a guy that has a ton of walking ability, uh, yes, he's going to strike out a little, but if you're working with a pretty almost equal strikeout to walk ratio, that's an excellent place to be, um, especially at the high level. And, you know, that's something that's been consistent for him. Last year, 49 strikeouts to 31 walks, and the year before, 34 strikeouts to 25 walks. So he consistently can walk at a really high clip, uh, especially for someone his age. And then you combine that with when he's getting on base, he's stealing. So a lot of those walks are turning into what would be a double, essentially because he's getting a walk and then he's stealing the back. So that's a guy that, you know, his, he, does, he only has two home runs, but 10 doubles. Um, so not a ton of power, but he has some natural, consistent contact skills. And then you pair that with a great walk rate and a great ability to steal bases. And that's a guy who, you know, at his size could be a really fun, you know, utility outfielder type of bat.
0: I'm looking for what is to come from Terrell Tatum. He is another draft pick of the Chicago White Sox out of the 16th round in 2021 and more and more Elijah we're seeing White Sox commit to their prospects their draft picks their international marketplace signings and that's I think the direction the White Sox are moving in right now I I think they are going to commit internally for the first time in their history at least since I've been watching this organization try to compete for a World Series and I air quote try because man it really does hurt sometimes watching this team try to compete. Anyway, Terrell Tatum might be a part of this thing only because of his age, athleticism, and the fact that he is absolutely slapping the ball all over the field in advance they went to Winston-Salem. That's a candidate uh, to move up the ranks this season uh, and maybe be knocking on the door to a big league call-up in 2024. So great poll by Elijah to highlight Terrell Tatum. There's a couple of more players that we want to highlight before we wrap up this edition of the roundup. Elijah, there's there's a player, Bryce Willits, that you're familiar with, along with Jordan Sprinkle. We're going to end the show with that one. Before we do that, I want to share with the listeners this highlight, courtesy Kurt Bloom of the AA Birmingham Barons. This is Al Sander Womack.
2: 3-2 again. Swung on. Belted out towards deep center. Mesa Jr. going back. He's looking up. And this one is down Womack. Al Sander Womack. With a two-run home run to
0: give the Barons the lead at 2-1. to So, Elijah, what jumps out to you about Alessander Womack? I'll just throw it right to you.
1: Womack's kind of a guy that came out of nowhere. He's not somebody that was super highly touted. Um, He was a minor league free agent, so it's not even a draft pick from the White Sox. Uh, But he's a really strong, compact swing. He has you know, advanced pretty quickly right now um, through the system. You know, last year he started in Kannapolis, made his way up to Winston-Salem. And then this year he only played 14 games in Winston-Salem before getting a mission. You know, he looked good there. And what's impressive with Womack is he's now looked even better in Birmingham. Um it's rare to see a guy, you know, immediately it's it's a small sample size. He's only played 10 games in Birmingham, so that can obviously change, but all of his numbers across the board have been better in the 10 games he's played in Birmingham as opposed to the 14 in Winston-Salem. Um, you know, he's he doesn't have like one particular attribute that like specifically stood out to me, um, but he hits the ball consistently hard. Uh, you know, he hits it, he can spread it all over the field a little bit. He has two homers at both levels, four on the year. Um, you know, and he's just a he's just a consistent bat. You know, he limits the he limits the strikeouts. Only sixteen strikeouts on the season, nine walks on the season between the two levels. Um, so he's kind of just a, a nice, well-rounded bat um, and a guy that could. You know, we could. He already went up to Birmingham this year, and you know, if he continues to do what he's doing in Birmingham right now, I I could see him at you know twenty-four years old. He could be a guy that could reach Charlotte by the end of the season and you know be a potential option. I don't see him having a ton of projection. I, I don't think he Womack's a guy that you're looking at being, you know, a, a big league starter, uh, but he could he could be a solid bench player uh, in the future if he keeps developing the way he is right now.
0: Well, he's listed as a second and third baseman, 5'9, 205 pounds, 24 years old, throws right and bats right. That's Al Sander for those who are interested in keeping tabs on all of the players that we mentioned here on the roundup. And finally, Elijah, I give the floor to you. Before I do though, let's hear Dan lodi celebrate. Our guy, Bryce Willits, in Loway, Kannapolis. 2 1.
2: Willits lifts this one high and deep. Right field backtracking is the right fielder, Celedonio. It's hooking and it lands in fair ground and it is out of here. It's a
0: solo shot from Bryce Willits. Comeback complete. The Qs have tied things up here in this third inning. It's now 5 to 5 as Bryce Willits adds his third home run on the season. So, what's the deal with this guy?
1: He went to my college, so I got to see him a little bit last year before he was drafted. Um, you know, he wasn't a guy that had a ton of projection um, coming out of college. I think he was one of the better players on the team for for a few years in a row um, at UC Santa Barbara. And he was an 18th round pick, more of just, you know, once you get past the 10th round, it's a lot of guys that you really don't have a ton of expectation for um, generally, and you're not looking at that level of a pick to be an impact bat. But Willits has looked really good. He he was a consistent guy in college. I mean, that was his thing. He's not going to wow you with his power. He's not going to do anything crazy, but he's a really solid defender at uh, third base. He's got, you know, a plus glove, in my opinion, um, and somebody that has been consistent with the glove. He knows how to approach a bat. He knows how to make strong contact um, and just do everything the right way. You know, only 13 strikeouts so far um, and Canapolis is nine walks. You know, he's he's patient. He's sophisticated with the bat. You know, he's got a a 321 average right now and up to a 912 OPS. um, And it's four home runs, a few extra bases here and there, Uh, just a lot of consistent hits. I mean, it's a lot of singles, but it's a lot of just hard line drives all over the field. Um, and a guy that can be a really strong defender. So, you know, he's the guy that is just is really solid in, in a lot of ways, and that's I know that's not one of the most exciting profiles for people to hear about, um, but Willits is a guy that can do a little bit of everything. You can put him, he can move around a little, he's great at third base, but he has the ability to play other places, um, and he can really just continually have good at bats, and that's something, you know, we, we talk about our frustration with the White Sox, and a big part of the frustration with the current team for me is a lot of guys that just don't have good at bats on a regular basis and Willits is a guy who's going to give you a good at-bat.
0: I like that you bring Brace Willits to the air because you know these are guys that we're learning about together and this is a recent draft pick and he's 23 years old dominating in low A but it's important to note for a player beginning their first full professional season yeah the age and level uh, is something to note but this kid is taking advantage of the opportunity currently. So, that's something that we should acknowledge. Uh, a guy who is not overwhelmed by professional competition in the day to day. And as a third baseman who hits left handed and currently posting an OPS over 900 in his first full professional assignment, that's exciting. So, we should be excited about Willits and we expect to see Willits perform at the next level sometime soon. And, you know, the fact that Willits is a guy from UC Santa Barbara. Elijah, I mean, that's where you kind of hang out. There's another player the White Sox have that we are very excited about at Future Sox on our top 30 list who also went to UC Santa Barbara, and that was Jordan Sprinkle. So give us a little insight on the shortstop as well, Elijah, as we wrap up this podcast.
1: Yeah, Sprinkle. Sprinkle's a cool pick, and I know most people would know Sprinkle before they know Willits, even though, you know, these two played together for many years at Santa Barbara. and. Sprinkle is glove, glove, glove. He was actually, I mean, you look back a few years ago, and when I when I came here first to UC Santa Barbara, he was being mentioned in the same sentences as Brooks Lee of the Minnesota Twins, who was their first-round pick this past year. And, you know, coming into that season uh, after the 20th, 2021 season, uh, Brooksley was first team shortstop for the conference, and Jordan Sprinkle was second team shortstop for the conference. Struggles with strikeouts a little bit, uh, get a little bit over over swing at times. Um, I think he's not a guy that has a ton of power, uh, but he can try and do a little too much at times at the plate. But I do think it's hard to not like a guy when you see the plays and the athleticism at shortstop for Jordan Sprinkle. He has some things he can refine and continue to work on, but he has the ability to be a true plus plus defender. Um, so with him, it's just, you know, he, he does walk a good amount. He's got some good speed and athleticism. It's really just about refining his approach and starting to get on base a little bit more, um, starting to make, you know, more consistent contact and lower that chase rate a little bit um, because he, with his athleticism and speed and defense, he has all those tools and it's just going to need to continue working on the bat.
0: Good stuff. That's Elijah Evans. Of Future Sox as well as JustBaseball.com. My name is Mike Rankin. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Future Sox Roundup. We're going to be releasing these episodes, like I said, on the weekends now because we want to entertain you on your days off and hopefully provide you with some added context of these guys who you may not have heard of that are trying to make their way up the White Sox system. Now, we focus so much on single A talent today as well as last week. There's a lot of gems in the weeds that we'd like to discuss. So, that's why we have Elijah Evans here to bring these names to the air. Uh, make sure that you're listening to the Sox Machine podcast. We release those episodes all week, every day, as well as the Future Sox podcast that we drop on Tuesdays. So thanks so much for being such a fan of the White Sox and a fan of futuresox.com and soxmachine.com. For Elijah Evans, my name is Mike Rankin. We will talk to you all on the Future Sox Roundup next week. Thanks so much for listening.